Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99 at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Order our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings. Plus, make sure to try our marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. Brian takes a snap, fakes it to Freeman, back foot throw, loops it, Jones the catch, touchdown Atlanta! Here's Newton, under pressure, and he's going to be tackled and sacked and dropped, and it's two Saints who have him. Let's go to Minneapolis. Play fake, they want to throw it back in the end zone to Ben Poyak, caught in the back of the end zone, touchdown Jacksonville! Look at everything football. It's TSN Four Downs with Andy McNamara. Brought to you by Domino's. Folks, it's already the divisional round of the playoffs. We're three weeks away from the Super Bowl, people. Wow. What a weekend of wild card games, and it's only gonna get better starting Saturday into Sunday. Welcome to TSN Four Downs, delivered by Domino's here on TSN 1050. TSN 1150. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. The show on iTunes, SoundCloud, TSN1050.ca, show page, iHeartRadio app. And guys, for the, the big games this weekend, you got to go Domino's, right? Delivery, carryout. Why don't you try medium feast pizza, any style, just $10.99. Want a bit more? Large pizza, four topping, $11.99. You got sides, your pop. Your breads, your marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Boy, we got a great show for you today. From ESPN Chalk, NFL betting insider David Purdom will join me in about 15 minutes. Then, at about a half hour time, it'll be Michael Gelkin, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. A lot going on. With the Raiders, John Groom coming on. Did they violate the Rooney rule? What does this mean going forward for a team, really, in Oakland that was expected to be playing this weekend with all the hype coming in? We'll also get to our big game picks, take you through all that, and also new DraftKings uh, showdown playoff game that we'll take you to. Uh, Producer Mike Skrizniak. Skrizzy, you're wearing your Titans gear. The upset overcoming all the odds after that terrible start against Kansas City. And now you get the Patriots. Hooray. How about that? How about, you won a playoff game, though, man. Congrats. Marcus Mariota, 1-0 in his playoff career. That's, I feel like he should just retire right now. Listen, Marcus Mariota, he became a man. He became a man last Saturday. It's that defining moment. That Dude. highlight will be played forever and pa- ever. That, like, you have to see it two or three times. It's like, did he pass the ball? Did it bounce? Up? And then it just ended up back with him. It was, it was crazy. And I think, too, I'm going to give more credit to the Titans coming back rather than the Chiefs collapsing? Because those are always the two storylines, right? Did, they, did the game get given away, or did they earn it? I think the Titans earned it. If Travis Kelsey doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get concussed in the game, that game's not close because they yeah. couldn't stop him. That's true. Um, but, however, th- but that does happen. But like if, if you're Andy Reid or Alex Smith, you have to find a way to run that game down. Like You had a whole half. Yeah. You're up 18 points. How did you let... The Titans had the ball that many times. Shocking. And you weren't able to stop them in the second half. Like, Mariota started calling his own plays. Yeah. And they just could not figure it out. Here's what's also interesting. Mike Malarkey, head coach of the Titans, despite himself, he had no choice but to finally give Derrick Henry volume carries because DeMarco Murray's out. He's also going to be missing the game against the Patriots. 
23 carries, 156 yards and a touchdown. There you go. Malarkey finally got out of his own way because he had no choice. It was phenomenal. Yeah, Terry Rubisky too. Like just the play calling in the first half was abysmal. But yeah, like that's the key to victory for the Titans. Give the ball to Henry, let him pound it, and then use play action. Yeah, and we're going to get into the strategies and, and the actual games this weekend in a little bit. But you know what the Patriots do? And Bill Belichick, they will take away your strength. They cheat. And, f- and deflate balls. <laughs> and, they tuck, <laughs> and they tuck the football. Yeah, they yeah. take practices. And yeah. Well, no it, it's going to be for the Titans. They're going to have to overcome this. Belichick's going to take away the run. He's going to try to pin Mariota. And he's going to try to force Marcus Mariota to beat you with his arm. Which I think, against most opponents, he can do because he has been developing nicely. The Patriots, I don't know. That's a bit much. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But how about Falcons-Rams? I was disappointed in this game. This was a game I thought was going to be really fun to watch. And it was kind of blah. Like, the Rams scored 10 points in the second, field goal in the fourth. And that was it. Like, it was never really in question. I felt really bad for Farrell Cooper. The guy had a, a Pro Bowl season as a returner. And he had, what, two turnovers? Two fumbles? Oof, yeah. Yeah, you're not, you can't have special team turnovers against a veteran Falcon team, given but, Matt Ryan's short fields. Exactly. Recipe for disaster. Well, you have that. And plus, you also have, and Todd Gurley, again, over 100 yards. Like, that, I, that Rams team's going to be fine. That's a team. They came together this year. What a turnaround going 11-5. and five. And I think they're going to be fine long term. For the Falcons, this is, this is something where, okay, you have Devontae Freeman and Coleman combined for over 100 yards, but no one really dominated. And you still have that option. And I think the Falcons are very similar to the Saints in that way, but I give the Saints the edge overall because you got a stud quarterback who can ball out. You have two beast running backs. It's just like for, for the Saints, though, they're elevated because you have Breeze winning the Super Bowl. And Kamara and Ingram, if you decided to have them run the show, it's yeah, done. Yeah, but then you'd, have, you'd take Julio Jones over any of the Saints receivers. I would most years. Can I trust Julio Jones this year? But it's not Julio Jones you can't trust. It's Matt Ryan trying to find him. It's Fair the enough. play calling. And, and, and with Julio, he's had ankle issues and such. Only three touchdowns all year. Now, that being said, you're able to counter that a little bit with a guy like Mohamed Sanu, for example. Absolutely. He's been able to come in. So you have that, the dog of the week, Jaguars, Bills. Boo. That was, that was rough to watch, but ten to three. Uh, I think we can just move on from uh, Blake Bortles' eighty-eight yards passing. Um, and we're eighty-seven passing. What, 89? eighty-seven passing, eighty-eight rushing. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. Blake Bortles is a horrible quarterback. They sh- but they, they win. should have put they should have put some CFL rules in there for punting, like get some rouges, just, just to get some more rouge points it up. up. Yeah, just go crazy, but. Blake Bortles is terrible. Blake Bortles knows he's terrible. We'll hear some sound later of him acknowledging that, but he still won the game. And now you go into Pittsburgh and you face a team that you picked off five times. You intercepted Ben Roethlisberger five times earlier in the season. The problem is the Steelers know you're coming. Heinz Field is a heck of a place to play in. And I think the clock strikes 12 on the Jags Cinderella season there. But they took out the Bills. They got the job done. Again, another great turnaround just like the Rams. The Jags have sucked for years. The whole decade, they've sucked. And they're in the, they got into the playoffs, and they won a playoff game. That's a success. Yeah, you can't deny a playoff win. With Blake Bortles and that defense. Now imagine if you have a competent quarterback. That's interesting. Imagine if they trade for an Alex Smith or Why they not? break the bank for Kirk Cousins 
or a Tyrod Taylor or something like that. Just a guy that you can trust to not turn over the ball and to hit receivers in the chest. Yeah. Blake Bortles couldn't hit running backs on screen passes. No, no but, it, but then he ran and he was able to adapt. So That 4-9 speed of his just <laughs> blowing by Bill's defenders. He's difficult to bring down. He's, yeah, he's he, burly. Yeah, he, he's got some muscle. He's a burly fellow. And then this was the fun one. Saints-Panthers. 31-26. Oh, that was a shootout. You had Drew Brees, who all season has been able to say, all right, I don't have to do everything. Kamara and Ingram running the show ever since they got rid of AP. But they only rushed for 23 and 22 yards. Brees, 376, two TDs and a pick. Cam Newton, great game. Not good enough. Word out now on ESPN. He was dealing with a knee issue. Whatever. You're out again. Cam Newton, ever since that Super Bowl, man, I don't know. I just don't feel he has that winning instinct. Anytime something goes wrong, Cam cannot overcome. Drew Brees, the Saints, I'll tell you, Skriz, the Saints are my pick to go to the Super Bowl, maybe even win the whole damn thing, because that team right now is built better than, at least equal to that 2010 Super Bowl team. There was a lot to take away from that game. First, Graham Gano misses that 25-yard chip Ooh. shot in the first quarter, yep. which led to the Ted Ginn 75-yard bomb. How about Ted Ginn? So, wait, oh. so if Gano hits that three points earlier, that means when in that fourth down play where Brees throws the interception in the fourth quarter, then all Carolina has to do is kick a field goal after instead of having yeah. to go for the touchdown. So there were so many little things that happened early that led to things late. And now North Turner is the new offensive coordinator for the Panthers. That's fun. They have three. That's like four generations of Turners there. It's between <laughs> brothers and sons. Yeah. There's four Turners on that Panthers coaching staff now. Well, we'll see, we'll see what they do. North Turner, vertical, very creative mind. A little long in the tooth, right? A little but, bit. But He's been around. You needed but... some turn. I think you need some fresh thoughts and fresh faces at a turnover there. Ted Ginn up against his former team, 215 yards. Michael Thomas, 131. But yeah, like so now oh. the fact, what I love about the, Bre- the, the Saints pick for the Super Bowl is that offense is so balanced. Yeah. There's not, you can't it, just, it really is. You can't just, you can't stack the box because nope. Drew Brees will kill you. And you can't put, like ten guys back because yeah, Kamara and Ingram will run all over you. Two guys, and you can have both of them on the field at the same time. That's what's so dangerous. But you can swing somebody out. You can pop them back. You can do whatever. Now the thing with the Saints is, O line's banged up, missing safety Kenny Vaccaro. That defense is exceptional, but very thin. So if yes. you miss a guy, that's a big issue for them. Well, the Minnesota offense is also very thin. It is. So it is. and Brandon Coleman too, neck injury. Uh, their WR3. So that's that's kind of the, the recap there. There's going to be a lot of interesting uh, storylines going into this weekend's games. Of course, Falcons-Eagles. We got them. Do we have Mall and TSN 1050, Chris? We have all four games all this four. weekend yes. on the station. Falcons-Eagles 435, then Titans-Patriots 815. Patriots are a 13.5 point favorite, Chris. We're going to shock the world in. Yikes. Well, it would. It would shock. It, it would, would shock. Hey, they've done it once. Why not? No pressure on them. Steelers, Jags, that's Sunday at 105, then 440, Saints, Vikings. And that's the game I'm looking forward to with the Minnesota Vikings coming out. Case Keenum, first playoff game. Skriz, all year we've been saying, oh, well, it's got to end sometime for Case Keenum. And it keeps going and going. Third string quarterback. Think of this. Third string quarterback, backup running backs. Latavius Murray's balling out. Case Keenum's balling out. And you keep marching, and you get to 13-3 and three in the top seat at home. They're trying to make history and be the first team ever to play in a Super Bowl that they're hosting. 
My favorite stat of the week is the fact that Minnesota's only allowed eight touchdowns at home this year. That's crazy. We talked about how balanced the Saints' offense is. This is the one defense that could probably figure out that Saints' offense. And, and I don't think that Vikings D gets enough credit because that defense is legit. Like that's a everyone talks the swagger of the Jags defense. That Vikings defense, I think, is just Her, good. Harrison Smith will probably be a top two or three finisher and defensive player of the year. Voting. Gotta be, gotta be. Oh yeah, just he just controls that whole secondary. Xavier Rhodes, they're hard to pass on. Everson Griffin, that linebacking core. Anthony Barr might be the most <sighs> underrated superstar in the league after a bad rookie year too. Absolutely, he, he bounced back they nicely. Just, they have studs on all three levels of the defense. They run the ball. Keenan doesn't turn the ball over. Thielen and Diggs, Rudolph, they have weapons. They're a fun, they're a fun team to watch. They are. And we're going to uh, I'll read out the poll question, our two Twitter poll questions in a couple minutes. But, Chris, outside of the football games, you can have a lot of fun this weekend or any weekend to Control V North York. All right? This is a virtual reality video game spot. Brand spanking new. It's open now. I got to try it a couple weeks back with my wife. We went out, uh, met up with my guy, Gene, and... Grizz, it's next level, man. Like, it's it's so cool. Like, it's like next level arcade, all right? So you put on the virtual reality goggles and uh, earpieces. So you're totally locked in. You have your own private VR station. So we played, like, Star Wars shooter games where you're on a platform. Obviously, you're not moving because you're on the ground. But you're playing the VR. You're looking down, and you take a step. And I was, like, stumbling because I felt like I was going to fall. <laughs> Well, probably because you have too many whiskeys well, when you're doing this. That's but. that's another story. But <laughs> but then stuff shooting at you, and you and you get right into it. You're like ducking around. They got this zombie game, dude. It was horrifying. All right, I bet because you're shooting, and then you have a knife in the other hand. You're like, okay, zombies come. And then when you turn around and you see a zombie in your face, and it's a 360 world, you're looking up, down. There's stuff everywhere. I was like, ah, <laughs> just swing it all over. It it, it was nuts. And sounds like a great birthday party oh, event, dude. Birthday parties for kids, birthday parties for adults, corporate functions they host, guys' nights, ladies' nights, date night. You can take your lady there, dude. It is a fun, fun time. It's Control V North York. Visit the website. You can book online at www.ctrlv.ca, ctrlv.ca, or call them straight up. Ask for Gene, 647-977-9988, 647-977-9988. Control V, virtual reality video games. You do not want to miss it. Check it I out. Trust Gene me. can get me like a Mario Kart simulator Oh, or dude, maybe. Hey. That'd they, be amazing. They have a ton of games. The, the, the catalog is huge. So check it out. Scribs, we'll get you out there, buddy. I'll hook you up. Don't worry. Hooray. LV.ca will take the break. After this, it is ESPN Chalk NFL betting insider David Purdom. We'll go over some of the betting trends into this weekend's games. You're listening to TSN Four Downs. No, I don't care. You know, I mean, they can. Hey, I think if you know, if anything, you know, it benefits us that that's where their heads at. You know, because all we're cared about or all we're worried about is is beating them. You know, so if they're looking past us or looking on to other things, um, you know, I think the only thing it does is you know reflect negatively on them. Blake. Bortles, the unloved, unwanted quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Blake, you, you kind of do deserve to get criticized when you throw for 87 yards and you won. That's what's insane about it. You actually won the game. Anyway, welcome back to TSN Four Downs, delivered by Domino's. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Four Downs at AndyMC81. You miss any of the show? iTunes, SoundCloud. We tweeted out. The link as well. And for Domino's, guys, for the big games this weekend, go to dominoes.ca. Get 
party pack for the guys. You want a medium feast pizza? Great deal. Just $10.99 for any style there. Large four topping, $11.99. Dessert, side dishes, all you need there. Dominoes.ca. All right, want to get right into this. The NFL betting trends. I talked to him a little bit earlier today from ESPN Chalk, NFL betting insider David Purdom. David, the Eagles are in historical sportsbook territory this week. The only number one seed to enter the divisional round as an underdog. And obviously, that's primarily due to Carson Wentz being out and replaced by Nick Foles at quarterback. But over the last several years, how have the Eagles fared as underdogs and the Falcons as favorites in that divisional round? You know, uh, overall, throughout the season, it's been pretty... Uh, even in terms of the Eagles being an underdog. I think I had them like 29 and 32 against the spread over the last 10 years, somewhere around there. It's been pretty even. The one notable thing that I, I, I looked at was, well, what, how has Foles been? When is he, he's been a starter. Uh, how has he been in the underdog role? And it's not been good. Hmm. Uh, he's 3-7 against the spread the Eagles are in his starts uh, as an underdog. So uh, that's a little bit concerning. Obviously, I have a new coach. And uh, looking back too far on historical trends, and so forth is a recipe for disaster for gamblers. So I certainly wouldn't rely on any of those kind of uh, stats to make your pick. But it was interesting to me to see that, hey, when the Eagles had been facing uh, what were perceived to be superior teams in the betting market size, when the Eagles were underdogs and Foles was a starter, uh, they have struggled 3-7 and seven against the spread. Interesting. And in the one playoff game that Foles did have, it was in his magical 2013 year, he lost, but he had a, I think it was a 105 quarterback rating. So it's, it's an area where, okay, he's won in the league in the past, but we have to remember, too, there's a reason he's a backup, right? So I guess that's, that's why there's not, not so much confidence. And, and maybe, you know, as much as that says how good Wentz really is, mm, that yeah. has had success in the past. Wentz has taken over and emerged as a, what looked like going to be a superstar quarterback for his career until he got injured there. So... You know, the real one of the interesting points about that, in my opinion, was I, I kind of asked some of the odds makers, like, okay, well, what if Wentz hadn't got hurt and they had, you know, finished fourteen and two or uh, thirteen and three, the Eagles uh, after years, and they rolled in there. What would the line be? And some people said it would be as high as Eagles minus seven. Wow! Uh, so you think that's a ten point, uh, you know, discrepancy there for the value of the fulls compared to Wentz. Now, I think the line this week. Um, is an indication a little bit of how Foles is going to have two uh, whole weeks to basically prepare for this. All him, he didn't. He's got all the reps, so maybe you know when he first got in there, uh, he was just getting back into the swing of things. Now he's getting all the reps, focused uh, on him, all the film work, all the prep work, all the coordinators are focused and working with him. That, that's got a benefit. Sure, and, and do you feel that three-point spread in favor of Atlanta is fair? Well, you know, it opened at two and a half, and it ticked up to three. It hasn't really moved more, uh, any further up. Um, I do see a couple books at two and a half. So hmm. the betting market definitely seems to uh, think it's fair in terms of um, where, where the number is going. Now, the action is a little lopsided on the Falcons, both books uh, that I spoke to just before our interview here. Um, William Hill, I think it's almost 70% of the money uh, is on the Falcons, and it's similar at the Westgate Superbook, two Las Vegas Sportsbook. So uh, the public bettors are laying the Falcons. Um, the number's kind of hanging there right at three, so it definitely um, is getting enough two-way action to keep it there at this time. Hmm. In conversation with David Purdom from ESPN Chalk on Twitter, at David Purdom. All right, 
We know the Patriots. They don't lose often in Foxborough come playoff time. But that's a gaudy line of 13.5 points over the Titans, David. It seems excessive to me. Uh, how has New England fared when covering the spread in recent playoff years? They've been pretty good as a double-digit uh, favorite. Hmm. Uh, covered eight of their last ten games. Um, they've been strong the last two years. The last year, um, I forget what exactly what their record against the spread was, but it was it was on one of the all-time historic runs. Uh, it was way up there. Like, I think I want to say 15-2 and two or something really, really high in terms of uh, covering the spread, one of the greatest ever. And as a double-digit favorite, they've been there as well. Now, in the playoffs, when they've been given this lofty number, it's not quite a, 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 as successful. They're two and three in their last five as double digits in the favorite. So again, we're talking trends here. Those, yeah. you know, uh, don't definitely don't base your your, your picks on these. Just kind of like little interesting nuggets that you you can know to kind of add into your selections. Uh, the one thing I would note here, and you mentioned this is a big line, double digit, thirteen and a half, thirteen. Some wouldn't surprise if he gets to back to fourteen at some point. It's supposed to be windy. Um, about 10, 12 mile an hour, 15 mile an hour winds over there at Foxborough. Uh, when you get that wind, that is the most impactful uh, in terms of weather conditions, more than snow, more than rain. Uh, the handy, the professional guys always say, oh, if it's windy, we're keeping that spread down. So not only uh, 13 and a half, but maybe the total, 48. If you look at the under that, and if you think it's going to be a lower scoring team uh, game than expected, of course, then those 13 points are more valuable. So, yeah, it's a lot of points, and I think a lot of people are looking at the Titans. That's a great point. Yeah, if the wind does come in, then it can turn into more Mm -hmm. of a ground-and-pound turnovers. Who knows? So something to track for sure. Now, overall, in general, when you're looking at double-digit points, are you comfortable taking those? I know it's situation by situation, but those whenever it reaches 10, I always kind of clam up like, I don't know if I trust somebody to to win (laughs) by 10. In the playoffs, how, how comfortable are you taking double digits? Well, you know, I am a small better. I, I when I bet, I bet like twenty dollars. So Me I too. certainly wouldn't want to say <laughs> my comfort level to influence anybody. But when you do talk to uh, some of the more sophisticated betters, some of the guys that that do put some more money, and some of the sports books, it won't no, not necessarily make people gravitate towards the underdog to grab those points, but it will reduce the amount bet on the actual game. When you got this big spread, nobody wants to give that many points. Yeah, you got to take that point. You're betting against the Patriots. Oh, geez, you never really – that doesn't ever feel very comfortable <laughs> betting against the Patriots. And then the money line also gets all skewed. I think the Patriots are – I'm not sure exactly what it is on the money line right now, but it's, it's pretty significant. So if you're wanting to bet the Patriots to, just on a money line win, yeah, a lot of people aren't willing to bet $100 to win $20 or whatever it is. So um, it's not so much that the handicappers will say, boy, 10 points, 14 points, uh, that's a lot. I'm going to take them. Uh, it, it generally um, it reduces the handle. It reduces the amount of bet on a game. All right, let's go to the other game here: Vikings and Saints. I just from an entertainment standpoint, I can't wait for this one because you have the storyline of Minnesota trying to be the first team ever to play in their own Super Bowl, hosting it, and then the Saints, the most complete team they've really had since their Super Bowl year. So we have Case Keenum starting and first time quarterback there in the in the playoffs but you were saying David that this game has the most even action on it so far yeah so far you know it's had the most mind movement but the action has really been divided hmm. this line opened at three and a half of Minnesota was favored uh, it's all the way up to four and a half I see some fives I think you called it, said oh, you've seen some fives as well but at the at the sports books in Vegas I spoke to 
it's pretty even. In fact, uh, I think it's sixty percent of the bets were on the Saints, and fifty nine percent of the money were on the is on the Saints at the Westgate Superbook. Over at William Hill, it's a little bit different. There's more money on the Vikings, but it's still pretty even. So even though that line's ticking up, uh, there's enough money on the Saints uh, to, to to kind of you know, even it out a little bit, which is is a little bit uh, notable. Now, do you find, David, when you're looking at close games, if you have name recognition for the public, the public knows Drew Brees. They know Drew Brees has been a perennial all-star. He's won a Super Bowl. And then you got Case Keenum, who I still can't wrap my head around that a third-string quarterback is doing what he's right. been able to do. But do you find even if, if you have, let's say, the home advantage, which I think probably that three points is more towards uh, on that side with Minnesota, but that people will bet just from saying, hey, I know Drew Brees. Absolutely. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing here. I, I think probably you're going to end up with some of the more sophisticated players playing the favorite. Uh, I think the public betters are going to do more side with the Saints because of exactly what you said. you got Drew Brees versus Case Keenum. Who do you want? You, you, natural you know, is to gravitate to Brees. Now, these two teams played in week one. Um, Keenum was not the starter then. It was Bradford. Uh, the Saints did not play well in that game, and, and the Vikings looked pretty good. That was a long, long time mm-hmm. ago. Uh, Saints still had Adrian Peterson in the backfield at that time. They worked him out of, out of there, and now Kamara has come up and really emerged for them. I think I, I'm a little bit nervous for the Saints because of they're pretty banged up. Uh, two offensive linemen went out last week in their, in their win over Carolina, uh, including a starter who is not going to play this week. I don't know if his backup will we'll get back in there. But if their offensive line, that's really the key. And against Minnesota's pass rush, uh, that, that's a concern. Yeah, and, and it looks like, too, Kenny Vaccaro, the uh, safety in the back for the Saints, too. So that's, they have a very good defense, but it's quite thin. There's not a lot of depth there. So that's something to track. And uh, David, last one for you here. I know you've been writing a lot about the legalization of sports betting in the U.S. on ESPN Chuck. Can you give us a, a few recent updates? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just had a, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case um, that's ultimately going to decide what the future of uh, sports betting in the U.S. looks like. Uh, that case was heard in December. We're going to get a decision probably sometime in the next six months, um, and that could free up. Uh, a lot of different of these states are already kind of lining up. I think there's 18 states have already put legislation, introduced legislation. Some have already passed it that will put them in position to begin to open sports books. Uh, you know, as soon as this law is upended, if it is, um, that could play some things in Canada too. So, hmm. you know, Canada tries to uh, legalize single game sports betting. I know you guys have the parlay up there uh, that, that's going on. Um, so, if U.S. were to get it, it'd be interesting to see if Canada would fall right behind. Now, would that be it, have anything to do with like DraftKings stuff like that as well on the fantasy side, or is that strictly your traditional sports book? I'm talking more about traditional sports right, books right. at this time. Your Las Vegas style sports yes. books they're going to be opening up. That is currently uh, illegal in the majority of the United States. Only Nevada is allowed to offer uh, bets on single games. Uh, that could change very quickly here. So uh, your DraftKings, your fantasy sports are still going to be along, and they'll probably you know partner up with some sports books or something like that. And you're, you're just going to have this big umbrella <laughs> of sports gaming uh, involved. Well, it's going to be fascinating to track, and people can follow along with you on Twitter, at David Purdom. David, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, Andy.
All right, that was David Purdom from ESPN Chalk, NFL betting insider. We'll take the break, head out to Las Vegas, baby. Michael Gelkin, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. A lot going on in Raiderland. We'll talk John Gruden, the Rooney Rule, the Raiders, and a lot more coming up on TSN 4 Downs. I feel this is the thing to do. This is what I want to do. This is the organization that I want to be a part of. And I'm all in. I only live one time. This is something that I feel deeply, strongly about. And um, I'm going to do everything I can to hire a great coaching staff and put the Raiders back on track. Yeah, 10 years and 100 million bucks also might help. That's John Gruden, new head coach. Of the Oakland Raiders. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton, across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, and guys, we're delivered by Domino's. Big game this weekend, anytime really. Go to Domino's.ca, medium feast pizza, any style, just $10.99, large four topping, only $11.99. Carry out, delivery. You're watching the game, you're doing whatever, go to Domino's.ca. All right, we head out now to Las Vegas, Nevada. To talk with Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, Michael Galkin. Michael, how's it going? Good, Andy. I'm actually living in Oakland and covering the Raiders from here. It's uh, very confusing, but you're right. Right <laughs> for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Well, you're in. Okay, you're in Oakland for the Las Vegas, and they'll be there soon enough, right? So it's just a couple more years down the road, right? Yeah, that's what it appears to be. The Raiders working to extend their lease so that they stay in Oakland through the 2019 season. Their stadium in Las Vegas is currently. Scheduled to be ready for 2020. So we know, Michael, the Raiders historically are not afraid to make a splash. They like to grab headlines, and my goodness, going John Gruden, pulling him out of the booth, 10 years, 100 mil, some unfinished business in Oakland. You hear there were rumors circling around, but there's always rumors with Gruden, it seems, every offseason. When it finally got confirmed, what were your first thoughts? Boy, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. just the, the spectacle of John Gruden and uh, you know the ten-year deal, moving to Las Vegas, um, you know, the, the media coverage that it's going to be. I probably view it a little bit differently as a reporter, just thinking of what the day-to-day is going to be like. Um, but uh, certainly, once that passed, really just appreciating how much Mark Davis wanted John Gruden, and that is something that's only been affirmed through further conversations. Uh, you you hear how he's tried in the past. You know, when hiring Dennis Allen, he really wanted John Gruden. When he hired Jack Del Rio, he really wanted John Gruden. And, and so now he finally has John Gruden, and he says, you're a six-year chase. You know, this is the man he's always envisioned for the position. You know, when he thought of who he wanted leading his franchise, there was Reggie McKenzie, the general manager who's picking players, and then there's John Gruden, the head coach, leading them on the field. And let's get this out of the way, too. There's You mentioned Mark Davis for years has wanted John Gruden. Well, there's some controversy with the Rooney rule and possibly being that the Raiders did not follow NFL protocol in interviewing a minority candidate and just having Gruden in their sight lines. Any update on that or, or what could happen? I spoke with the Fritz Pollard Alliance, you know, which really is the, the, the keeper of the flame when it comes to the Rooney rule. You know, it's an advocacy group that's based in Washington, D.C., and um, the co-founder I spoke to, Cyrus Miri, and I just I should post a story to this effect. He, he right now is, you know, with the NFL taking a look into the possible re-roll violation, he's urging Raiders owner Mark Davis to cut off a potential elongated investigation, and he wants 
Davis to accept fault and the consequences from which that will come. So he believes that having spoken to Al Davis in the past and knowing how passionate he is about the Rooney role and civil rights and just equality of opportunity when it comes to you know, interviewing minority candidates when the position is still open. Uh, he, he believes that this was an incident when, in which this hiring, you know, the Raiders did interview two minority candidates, but at the time you could argue, and it certainly appears maybe even, that the position was closed. Um, he, you know, he believes that Mark Davis should accept faults, accept the consequences, um, because that's what his dad would want him to do. And what would those consequences be? Would it be fines, draft picks? What could happen? We'll see from Commissioner Roger Goodell. Hmm. I am told, my understanding of this is that in 2003, when the only other violation of record occurred officially, um, which was the Lions hiring of Steve Mariucci, Matt Millen made that hire. Millen was fined $200,000 for that Rooney Rule violation. When that announcement was made, Paul Tagliabue, then NFL commissioner, sent a letter to all 32 NFL owners in which he stipulated that not only the importance of the Rooney Rule, but he stated, I'm told, that the next violation would result in a $500,000 fine. I'm looking to confirm that number from the league and um, looking to maybe inquire that letter, but um, that's uh, from Cyrus Mary, the co-founder of the Fritz Pollard Alliance. So um, that would appear to be the ground of where, or the floor of where that punishment would start uh, for the Raiders. Interesting. In conversation with Michael Galkin, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal on Twitter at Galkin NFL. Okay, so let's get what this means to the Raiders on the field with John Gruden coming in because this was the team. Like, Michael, we were all expecting the Raiders to be playing this weekend. That was the, the step forward that they were expected to take with Derek Carr, uh, Khalil Mack, Mari Cooper. Yeah, you have that. It seemed like the core was ready to take that next step and they fell short. So, with Gruden, what are the expectations in Oakland? Is it to, all right, bounce back and, and hey, you're going to be making a push for the AFC championship? I mean, that's what they want. I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done yeah. on this roster, and they certainly would agree with that. You know, you look at offensively, you know, people want to point to Derek Carr and saying, you know, you look at his numbers and, and you, you make a statement that he regressed, but his weapons at a time, or, I mean, in terms of his route, the route running that he was being given, um, were, were not at an NFL caliber. And just the details of a passing game were really lacking and accountability was really lacking. So I think there's a culture change that has to be shifted and, and, and be raised a bit in terms of the standard when it comes to those things from the receiver core. There's going to be obviously a new wide receivers coach, new offensive yeah. coordinator, and a new sheriff in town in John Gruden. So um, you know, you can go in a line on defense in terms of all the roster needs uh, there, but uh, you've got to – you spent a lot to invest in the head coach, but now you need to invest in the players to help them. Yeah, and they invested a lot in that quarterback, Derek Carr. So you have also Marshawn Lynch. Um, one, do you see him coming back? Two, was it a mistake to bring him in in the first place? Because he was a distraction for a bunch of the year. You know, um, I'm not sure yet in terms of whether or not he's going to be back. Uh, he's Financially speaking, he's going to be tougher to keep this year as opposed to last year when you look at a base salary of more than $4 million in mid-March. He's due to receive an added $1 million roster bonus, if he's still on the roster, that is. 
So, we're, we're, you know, then you've got some important performance incentives on, on top of that. So, uh, financially, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think there's enough there where the Raiders will move in a different direction. And if they were dissatisfied with the Marshawn experience, even though by some measures he, he was one heck of a teammate last year, uh, by others maybe when he ran onto the sideline <laughs> uh, during a crucial Thursday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs to, you know, to, to break up uh, really his – um, considers to be a cousin of Marcus Peters, Chiefs cornerback. You know, they grew up, they both grew up in Oakland, and really seemed, you know, just trying to break up more so focused on Peters from his Raiders. It was just kind of a weird thing for which he was suspended, making contact with an official in the process. Um, you know, there's, I think there's a lot there. I mean, you look at the way he finished the game, the final five games here or so, he was averaging more than five yards to carry. Yeah. I uh, really finished the year strong while after getting comfortable behind that offensive line. So uh, there's a lot there, and ultimately, John Gruden is going to have to make. The choice, you know, what, what's he looking for? Is he comfortable with Marshawn Lynch being his feature back, or here at the start of a ten-year process, does he want to look to the agency or the draft and, and add a new guy? Um, but uh, you can you can feel for one, one thing for certain is that this expects to be a pretty defensive defense-heavy offseason for the Raiders, and if they don't address defense to their satisfaction in for agency, you got to think they're not looking to invest an early pick at running back in the mm. draft. Um, so, I mean, wide receiver also is, is, is a spot of need. So, um, you can only do so much in a, in a given offseason. So, maybe they keep March on this year and address it down the line. Those are conversations that will happen in the coming weeks. Going to be very interesting to follow. Michael, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. My pleasure to get. All right, Michael Gelkin, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Get him on Twitter, at GelkinNFL. After the break, Scriz and I will make our official divisional round playoff picks. Go with the spread or against, and also a new DraftKings contest. We'll get into some fantasy football as well. A lot more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. I thought I was going to get real emotional up here, but you know what? This is why we do what we do. I love y'all. Go Bears. Is it Dub Bears? Right? Dub Bears? All right, good. Matt Nagy, former offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, new head coach of the Chicago Bears. Very interesting. I think that's a great move for Mitch Trubisky. Get away from the dinosaur John Fox and in some fresh offensive play thinking. Welcome back. Wrapping up TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050, TSN 1150 across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. We're delivered by Domino's, folks. And you can get a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Any style, large four topping, $11.99. Marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Great for the big game, a quick meal, whatever you need. Carry out delivery, dominoes.ca. Get us on Twitter, at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. And, Scrizz, I want to get to our Twitter poll questions here. Didn't get to it earlier on. Again, uh, at TSN4Downs and at AndyMC81, you can vote. Put out two. And the first one is uh, our Domino's tw- uh, Twitter poll. Which matchup do you most want to see in the NFC Championship game? Which matchup do you most want to see? Falcons-Vikings, Eagles-Saints, Saints, Falcons, or Vikings, Eagles. From a just entertainment standpoint, what do you want to most see, Scrizz? I'm thinking, for me, I want to see Saints, Falcons because I think you could have a lot of fun in a shootout there. Yeah, and the season series is split one yep. one, so this would be that that tiebreaker, I guess. Division rival, they both know each other really yeah. well, and they're both kind of the same team. They are. They're both. The offenses are built very similar, and the defense is built on speed. Very True. Similar as well. True. And so with the yeah with the Saints you got uh, the backfield two headed monsters. Same with the Falcons. You got two big arm quarterbacks. They, they match up there. So you're going Saints Falcons. 
Yeah, I win Saints Falcons. Okay, I'll do that as well. So you can vote there at TSN Four Downs. Our second Domino's Canada Twitter poll at Domino's Canada at TSN Four Downs at Andy M C D One. Will there be an AFC divisional playoff upset? And if so, who is it? Titans shock the Pats. Jaguars bite the Steelers. No upsets or Titans and Jags both win. I think I know which way you were voting with your Titans jersey on, Chris. Are you, <laughs> you going to shock so the world? Well. You in shock the world? We gonna sh- you will remember the Titans. Well, I don't think we will. I think maybe we'll re- not for the right reasons. I think, <laughs> but I think, you, you will remember them. I think we'll remember them losing by you know maybe uh, fourteen points. But uh, yeah, either way, uh, no upsets. Uh, no upsets is the leaderboard there. Out of the two, the upsets, I can see the Jags maybe just wearing down and being dull against the Steelers. But ultimately, I don't think there's going to be any upsets, and we're going to see Pat Steelers in the AFC Championship, which is pretty exciting, too. That's going to be pretty fun. I guess. It's been done. Yes, It's been done, but you can, if, when both those guys are on, Brady Roethlisberger, whew. You don't want to see that huge AFC South battle for the AFC crown? Could you imagine the NFL? Roger Goodell would scream into a pillow. Ratings, poison. Titans, Jags, could you imagine? <laughs> It'd be like, hey, it's only minus 40 outside. I'll, I'll take my chances out there. Titans, Jags, AFC Chat. Oh, well, the game would be in Jacksonville. At least. Gross. No, no, I mean just like fans, us up here oh, watching. Yeah. We'd be like, eh, I'll go sit outside. <laughs> wow, that would be a bit of a dog. Now I want to get to this too, Chris. This is fascinating. I, I'm looking forward to playing this. I set my lineup. DraftKings has a new contest. They put out a press release earlier. I wanted to go over it for our fantasy football listeners. It's called Showdown. So you go to DraftKings.com, and it's the showdown option. This is brand spanking new last week. So what you have is you pick four offensive positions. Now, this is you go game by game here. So I did Pittsburgh-Jacksonville, for example. But you pick any game matchup, and you pick four offensive players and two defensive players. So not the clump defense that you're used to, but two defensive players. And you go quarterback, you do just running back, wide receiver, whatever. So it's pretty interesting because it, it makes your mind switch from the usual DraftKings style scores of, well, okay, which defense? Now you got to think, okay, which guy on defense is going to be a playmaker? Yeah, because there's a lot of factors to take in because you don't want to take a secondary guy because you're praying for an interception. Right. Not it, very it's, it's, that, it's that risk reward. Absolutely. It's kind of like the boomer bust touchdown wide receiver, right? Like Brandon Cooks. All right, well, if he doesn't get a touchdown, probably a bad day. If he does, it could be big. That's something like an A.J. Bouye for, for Jacksonville. Or, the, or you go thinking, okay, well, the Titans' defense might be on the field a lot. Maybe you get a linebacker because, you know, he might tackle 12 guys. And you go volume over splash plays yeah. because you get assisted tackle and tackle. So, yeah, if, especially if the weather's bad and you got James White and um, Deion Lewis in because Burkhead and Gillisley are out due to injury, maybe you go that route. So, offensively, I did the, the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game. I went Le'Veon Bell. I went Bortles because I think... He's going to get more than 87 yards, and he can use his legs, and he has been safer with the ball in general. That's my risky pick. But then on uh, another offensive player, I was running out of cash, so a value by one of my sleeper picks from earlier in the year, Vance McDonald, tight end. He's been popping for Pittsburgh, and in the red zone, I think that could be a nice little little play there. So check it out. You know what, Chris? Maybe we'll, we'll create our own four downs contest for the showdown. We'll, we'll tweet it out, at AndyMCD1, at TSN four downs, and see if we can go, uh, go head-to-head. That could be fun. That could be fun. I like fun. So we'll do, we'll do that. You like fun, yeah. Like fun fun Draft, things are fun. DraftKings.com. Check it out, the uh, the show down there. Now, Skriz, you got this thing ready? For the 
Four games this week, so we'll we'll zip real quick through these. Okay, spread two and a half points. Uh, Eagles are home dogs against the Falcons. First time a number one seed has ever been a dog. I'm gonna go Eagles, Grizz. I think Nick Foles can win one game. Crazy. I think he can win one game, not two. I think the Eagles. Falcons have been inconsistent. I'll go the Eagles. That's why you went out and got JGI. Deion Jones might be the most underrated player in football. I'm going with the Falcons. Go with the Falcons. All right, that secondary is. Very good for the Falcons. Okay, Titans-Pats. Now, I I know the Patriots will win. The bigger question to me is, will the Titans cover the 13.5 spread? I'm going to say they do, so I'll take Pats to win, Titans to cover. Titans going to shock the world, taking the Titans. Wow, do not trust Grizz with your money this weekend, folks. Just 13.5 points, bud. On that match. Okay, Jags-Steelers. Uh, Steelers, seven-point favorites. Jags, I got a feeling the Jags are going to just wear this one down. It's going to be kind of a dud game as far as entertainment was they can choke you that defense Steelers win Jags cover I in just, I, I, I can't bet on Blake Bortles in an important playoff game against a better opponent if Buffalo could have moved the ball at all they win that game easily last yeah, week I'm yeah. taking the Steelers big going the Steelers Saints Vikings I can't wait for this Minnesota five point favorites can they keep history alive and try to be the first team to host a Super Bowl Saints I said earlier my pick for the for the big game I'm going to go Saints on the road. Even though they're banged up, I'm going to go Saints. Five points is a little too big. I think no, whoever wins this game is going to be by a field goal regardless. Yeah. It's yeah. way too close to call, so I have to take the Saints. Yeah, it's almost a pick em there. Uh, I'll go the Saints as well. But, that uh, yeah, I'd be more comfortable with the three line. All right, folks, enjoy the games. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. We'll be back next Saturday for another TSN 4 Downs delivered by Domino's. For producer Mike Skriznak, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs across the TSN radio network.